Here's the deal. Okay, if you still have your marshmallow, come up to the front. Bring it with you. You have to have it with you. Mary Lou, will you help me out? There's a glove there. Come up here. You know, the Bible tells us if we really wait upon the Lord that uh, sometimes we want, we want instant gratification in our country, in our lives. We want everything right now. So they have to, you have to look in the cup and make sure they have one. If it's got half bitten off, anybody? Y'all did great. Uh, see, if you wait, if you wait, God says he rewards those who diligently seek him. So y'all have waited, and now you get two. Guess what you can do now? You can eat them. If, you're, if your parents let, if your parents, you don't, you, did, you, you didn't get another one? Mary Lou, you missed the, the girl in pink. Oh, we got one that's still going to save her. There's not going to be any more marshmallows. That's it. That's, the last, that's your prize. I know, Mary Lou's coming back, which she just got one. Yeah, she just got one. Was there anybody that didn't, that, that didn't save their marshmallow? You know what that? No? Well, yeah, okay. All right, I want y'all to, all the kids, y'all turn around and watch this video. This is called the marshmallow test. Sit in that chair. All right, here's the deal. Marshmallow, for you. You can either wait, and I'll give you another one if you wait, or you can eat it now. When I come back, I'll give you another one, so then you'll have two. But stay in here and stay in the chair till I come back, okay? okay? All right. So I'm going to leave and then I'll come back, okay? So you can either eat it right now or you can wait. Either way, okay? Okay. How'd you do? Did you do good? You did? Yeah. You wanted to eat it, didn't you? Yeah. So did I tell you to give you another one? Okay, now you can have both. You need them. <laughs> That's the marshmallow test. Okay, y'all can go back and be with your, go sit with your parents. You guys all passed the test. Let's give them a hand. They passed the test.
That's about the least expensive way I could see to bless them. So two bags of uh, marshmallows and some cups. Uh, I the cups were Mary's idea. And I, s I thought, well, they could just hold them. She said, no, they can't just hold them. They would get all messy and sticky. And so I have to listen to my wife sometimes. Yeah, it's a good idea. Ah, it's a good-looking group of people today. Today we're talking about examination. That's the X, X word and been the X-Files series. And I think I have like two more Sundays because I said it's a summer series. So the, I think we have two more Sundays in September that actually are a part of summer. And uh, so hang on to the next two. I don't even know what the X words are for the next two, next two Sundays, but God does, all right? But today, because it, it just kind of lined up because this is Family Sunday and all the kids are here and they're all in school and they're all already taking exams, and they're already taking tests, and the teachers are already trying to find out what, what they know. But, you know, life is a, is a continual test for all of us. I mean, you, most of you got here because you passed a driver's test, I hope. At one time, you passed a driving test. I know some of you, you, you say, well, I don't know how my wife passed that test, but some of you got here, or husbands. Thank you, Mary Lou. But you had to, drive, you had to take a written test, Right? Unless you're pre-cars, <laughs> uh, you had to take a written test and you had to take a driving test. How many of you did pretty good at the written test, but you didn't do very good at the driving test? How many of you ever flunked uh, one of the tests for, oh, <laughs> that's the people you want to walk, let them out of the parking lot first? Okay, let them go ahead and go down the road and then, so, but life is a test. Some of you, anybody ever had to take a test for a job? I'd like to see if, if you're qualified for the job. You have to take tests. There are skills tests that we take. But the greatest test that any of us can ever take is the test of our faith. That's the greatest test that any of us, we need to know if we're in the faith, the Bible says. And I want you to look at this scripture with me. It's in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Paul says, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. See the word examine and test. Same thing, you could interchange those, those verses. Examine or test yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves or examine yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? So the test of faith, say the test of faith. It's the most important test that you will ever take because we need to know if we are in the kingdom or if we're not. We need to know if we're in the ark or if we're not in the ark. We need to know if we know Jesus or if we don't know Jesus because that determines your eternal destination, right? So that how, do we, how do we know that we know? Because, listen, what is the standard for knowing what we know about Jesus anyway? It's the Word of God, right? Say the Word of God. The standard of our faith is God's Word. If we did not have the standard, if we didn't have the Word of God, really, we really would be dysfunctional people, wouldn't we? You know, if you really want to talk to somebody and, and you were trying to witness to somebody and lead them to Christ, and they say, I don't believe that the Bible is true, I don't believe in the Bible, you really have no foundation or grounds even to talk to them much. You just go, okay, if you don't believe that, this is what I believe. Yeah, but I just don't believe that. So God's given us the faith to believe that His Word is true, right? And that is the standard that we measure our faith by. It says in Romans ten seventeen that faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the what? The Word of God. So when we come to this faith walk with Jesus, when we come and give our lives to Him, it's because of the Word of God that we've heard the Word, either through my preacher that we've read it, or we've heard it on a television, or somebody's preached it, or we got a CD somebody gave us, or, or we've we've read it somewhere, but we've gotten the Word somehow into us, and we've allowed, and God's given us this invitation through His Word, and it's, that's the standard by which we measure our faith. 
Now, once we have this, this faith, once we come into the kingdom of God and we believe and we give our lives to Christ and, and it's revealed to us by the, the word of God, then we have the revealing of our faith. The reveal, say the revelation. So the revelation or the revealing of our faith is, is more than just I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Look at James chapter 2, verse 26. It says, as far as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. See, a lot of people, they want to teach the grace message and they, they leave out, totally leave out the works message. Grace and works go hand in hand. Faith and works go hand in hand. The Bible says we are saved by grace through, saved by grace through faith, right? Not of works, lest any should boast. But then he says we are created for good works. So they go together. You don't have to oh, have this conflict of theology. I wonder which is right. They're both right. They're both right. It's like saying, I, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I'm led by the Spirit, but I just don't trust God's Word. Well, listen, that's a conflict. That's a contradiction. The Word of God and the Holy Spirit always confirm each other. Always confirm each other. If, if you have something and you say, the Holy Spirit told me to do something, and it's contrary to God's Word, listen, Holy Spirit didn't tell you that. Another spirit told you that. So we have the test of our faith, the standard of our faith, and the revealing of our faith. Now, I want to show you, turn to Genesis chapter 22. This is one of the most awesome stories of faith that actually happened. These weren't made up stories that somebody said, well, let's make these up so we can teach somebody. This is not a parable. This really happened way, 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 way back in the beginning, right after the beginning. Genesis chapter 22. Uh, Abraham is known as the what? He's called the what? Father of our faith. God had made a covenant with Abraham. He made a covenant with him and said, this is, uh, th- I want to give you a son. It was a supernatural thing because his, his wife was too old to bear children. And God made her where she could bear a child. And she, he bore him a son named Isaac. And so God told, God told Abraham, the covenant I'm making with you, that Isaac is going to have a de- descendants like the generations uh, upon generation upon generation. Your descendants are going to be like numbered like the sands on the sea and the stars in the sky. Millions and billions are going to come from this, from this seed of his son Isaac. And so that's why it's such a, a weird, weird thing that God, and, and it seems weird, it's not a weird thing, it seems weird that God would say, I want you to sacrifice the son that I've said is going to be the, the future generation, right? Didn't, didn't you think that was kind of crazy? But this is what he said to him in, in verse 1. Genesis 22, 1. Now it came to pass after these things, after the covenant and all that, that God tested Abraham. There's that word tested. He's taking an examination. He's wanting to find out something. He said, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac. I want you to think about these parallels here, okay? Take your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Anyone know the first time that the word love is mentioned in the Bible? Right there. First time the word has come up. Whom you love and go to the land of Moriah. Now listen, this, this, this is so deep. This is so rich. Not deep, it's just rich. Did you know where the land of Moriah is? You know this mountain he's going to take his son to? It's the same mountain where Jesus was crucified. Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one side of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So he goes and he tells his son, he's probably a teenager by now. Uh, Isaac, he says, Isaac, grab some wood. I'm going to get some servants, get a donkey. We're going to go up to this mountain. We're going to make a sacrifice to God. So far, so good, right? Okay, so they're going on this long journey. Guess how many days it is, the journey? 
three days. All the parallels. Notice all the parallels. He goes for three days. They get to the place, and his dad begins to build an altar there in, in a place for some uh, uh, sacrificial animal to be put on the altar. And, and I'm thinking, here's Isaac going, well, Dad, we got everything but the sacrifice. We got everything but the lamb. We got everything but whatever. And I don't know. I don't know how that all played out. I don't know if Isaac was, 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 was a little bit upset when his dad tied him down to the altar. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say that he fought him. The Bible doesn't say that he, he, he ran away or that Abraham had to run and catch his son. No, son, it's you, you know. We're, we're going to sacrifice you. It didn't say any of that. It just says he laid him on the altar. And he had, a, and he had a, a, a knife, and he was about to stab his son in the heart and kill him. Now, listen, this test is a pretty big test, wouldn't you say? This is the one that says, God says, he's going to be your future this is the one that the seed is going to go and that the Jesus is going to come out of the seed. And he says, listen, he, he's ready. He said, I want, you to, I want you to sacrifice. I want you to give him to me, God says. And he stands there and he raises his hand about just about like that, just like on a cliffhanger TV show, you know, right at the end of the show. Woo, and it stops right there. And he about to, he's about to plunge the knife into the heart of his son, his only son whom he loved. And the angel said, stop, stop. I just wanted you to see. I wanted to see if you were willing to give up everything for me. Now, I want to ask you this question. Did God know what Abraham was going to do in that moment? Yes, he did. Even though the Bible talks about God wanted to see what he was going to do, really the thing is since God knows everything, God knew what he was going to do. God needed Abraham to know what he was about. God needed Abraham to know if he could be trusted. God needed Abraham to know that he could walk this walk of faith. And that's why God tests his children. That's why we go through trials and tribulations so we'll know where we're at. God already knows the decisions you're going to make with with the trial, the tribulation, the test, the exam that's going to come in your life. It could come even today or tomorrow or the next day. Those examinations, those trials, the tribulations, all those things that come. God already knows what you're going to do, but you need to know what you're going to do. You need to know if you walk in the walk of faith. That's why he says test your faith. God wants, to, wants you to see so you can grow in your faith. Amen? Okay, if I can get this other page to turn. Listen at the, listen at the rewards. They got a marshmallow. <laughs> listen at the reward, Genesis twenty two fifteen. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven. First time was to say, don't kill him. He said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord. Because you have done this thing and not with, have not withheld your son, your only son. In other words, because you have passed the test, Abraham. Bless, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand of which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. He did that through Jesus Christ. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. He passed the test. God is going to give you tests. And guess what? If you flunk the test, you know what God is so gracious to do? He'll give you a do-over. And another do-over. And another do-over. Man, he's a God of do-overs. You know what that's called? It's called grace. It's called grace. And I'm thinking, what, what possessed, what, what kind of faith is that that he would actually lay his son down on this altar and what was going through his mind? Well, you know, the answer is not in the Old Testament. The answer is in the New Testament. Turn to Hebrews 11. This is awesome. This is awesome. I want you to see extreme faith here. And the same power 
that gave him extreme faith lives in us. Hebrews eleven seventeen by faith, say faith. Abraham, when he was what? When he was tested, he offered up Isaac, and he who has received the promises offered up his only begotten son. He's saying he offered up his only begotten son. You ever hear that language before? Of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding, this is the beautiful part, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. In other words, he's saying, I, Abraham believed that if he had stabbed his son and his son had bled out on that altar, he would just stand there and say, well, God, okay, I'm waiting for you to raise him from the dead. That's extreme faith, isn't it? That's our God. And he was faithful to do that. He was willing to do that because he had this extreme faith. And it comes from testing, guys. We don't get extreme faith just all of a sudden it comes in an envelope in the mailbox. It is through testing that our faith is, is it grows. Our faith endures as we are tested. We are tested in the valley, not on the mountaintop. When things are going tough, that's when your true colors show up. Now, the last thing I want to share with you is the maturing of our faith. Say maturing. How many kids do we have here in the first grade? Any children in first grade? Second? Third? Pre-K? Anybody in pre-K? Okay, I want you to know the tests that you're taking now, the things that you're going through in school, they won't be the same when you get to second, third, fourth, fifth grade, sixth grade. The tests get harder, don't they? Some of you said, some of you said, well, that's why I didn't like school so much. <laughs> tests got harder. Y'all have heard me tell you a story. I, algebra was not bad. It was pretty easy for me. Algebra 2, for some reason, it just didn't click. And I didn't like school because I didn't like Algebra 2. Right? Because it gets harder. The tests get harder. But, you know, I didn't apply myself like I could have. I didn't. When we had a biology and they said, go get 100 bugs, you know how many bugs I put on a piece of a bar, a board and, and labeled? You know how many bugs I got? That's too many. Three was too many. <laughs> I rebelled. I just said, you know what? That is stupid. What am I ever going to need that for in life? You know? Isn't that what we do? I never need to know trick. I don't need to know geometry. And then we, we get a job offer, and they say, well, do you know geometry? No, I'm sorry. Well, you can't have that job. See, if we're tested in our lives and we pass these tests and God has more tests for us because he wants us to grow. He wants to grow in our faith. I know, I know Christians that they, they, they get saved and they go to the incubator. I was telling somebody the other day, they were, I got to lead to the, uh, to the Lord, and they were in my office, and I said, guys, the church, think of the church. You're a baby now. You're like an infant in Christ. Think of the church as a great big incubator. You're coming in here, and you need to be fed. You need to be nurtured. But you listen, if you don't go to the incubator, if you're not there where you need it, where you should be, then you're not going to grow like you should. And so people that they get saved, but they don't, they don't get involved in church. They don't get involved in discipleship, and they don't get involved in the Word. And listen, they just sit there, and they don't mature. And it's, a, it's really a, a kind of perverted kind of Christianity that says you get it here, and nothing else happens because God is continually wanting to refine us. Always wanting to refine us because he loves us. How many of you want your kids to stay in first grade for the rest of your life? Man, you want them to get to the 12th as soon as possible. <laughs> right? You, don't want them to, you want them to grow. That's what a parent does. Boy, that's what God wants us from us. He wants us to grow. James 1, 
2 through 4 says this, My brethren, could it count at all joy? Say joy. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing, there's that word testing, that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect. Now, the word perfect there, a better word for it is mature and complete, lacking nothing. God wants us to be perfect or mature. He didn't want us to lack anything. You go read the rest of that scripture about the divided thoughts, you know, and about the um, wavering on things and how, how you don't receive anything from God. But listen at the message. I love the version of the message of that same passage. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. See, less some of you, you hate the tests and you hate the challenges. He says consider it something else. Consider it a gift. Count it joy. Sometimes we need to, we need to change the way we think about the tests and the challenges that we go through. Amen? We could be in the storm, but the storm didn't have to be in us. Right? We could be in the middle of the storm, but the storm didn't have to be in us, church, because Holy Spirit is within us. So he's maturing us and growing us. He says, consider it a sheer gift when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. How many of you have been tested in challenges last week? Sometimes it comes from blindside, right? You don't even see it coming, and it comes. He says, consider that consider it a gift. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open, and it shows its true colors. Mm. When you're pressured, when the things of life come at you, and it looks like it's overwhelming, I want to tell you, can I give you just a little, little tidbit here? God is not overwhelmed. When something happens to you, and you're even blindsided, you oh, I just can't do this, I'm just overwhelmed. This is too much for me. God's not overwhelmed. If he lives in you, Christ lives in you, and he's for you, not against you, you shouldn't be overwhelmed either. You shouldn't. The faith walk is not an overwhelmed walk. I love the way he says this. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. How many of you have known when you are forced into a corner, your true colors came out and you went, oh, Lord, I, I've got some growing to do. Right? I mean, if you're not agreeing with me, then you're lying. We've been, we're, for, we're forced into these places and, and, we, and our true colors come out and, and it's almost like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get through this? And God says, I'm, I'm right here. I hear, you know, that old, that old joke, I'm right here. I'm in the room. <laughs> I can hear you. And we say, God, where are you? And God says, I'm right here. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Ooh. Some of us want God to deliver me from this, this horrible situation. God said, well, no, 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 no. You're going to grow in that horrible situation. Not only are you going to grow, you're going to help some people grow later on when I walk you through this. And then you're going to see some people going through the same thing. And you're going to walk them through the same thing. That's maturity. That's maturity. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work. So you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. I love that. So the first and most important exercise of our faith is the faith to know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, to trust him. God is a God of faith. He speaks faith. He gives us faith. And he wants us to live in faith. Matter of fact, the only way we can really please him is by walking in faith. He says that in Hebrews eleven six. most of you know this, but without faith, it is impossible. Say impossible. 
It's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That's the first test of faith that you must believe that he is who he says he is. You want to ask somebody where they stand with Jesus? You, you, want to, you want to get down to the nuts and bolts of it? Don't ask them if they're a Christian. Please don't do that. Oh, are you a Christian? Yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. No, don't ask them that. That's just an open-ended question that most people don't even understand. Uh, do you go to church, church somewhere? Oh, yeah, I go Eastern, you know, Christmas. And Don't ask them that. That's, that has nothing to do with their Christianity. If you really want to get to the nuts and bolts and get to the heart of the matter, ask them, who's Jesus to you? Ask them that. Who's Jesus to you? Ask them. And when they start going, well, you know, I go to church. No, no, I didn't ask you that. Well, I, I joined. No, 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 I didn't ask you. Well, I've been baptized. No, I've been springing. No, 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 no. Who's Jesus to you? Who's Jesus to you? You want to get to the heart of the matter. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. You know who we must believe that he is? That he is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Son of the Most High God. That he was crucified. He, he lived and died on this earth. He died and he died for our sins, for everybody's sins in the whole world that ever have, will live or going to live. He died for everybody's sins. He was crucified for our sins. On the third day, he rose from the dead. His father raised him up from the dead. He now, after 48 days, he was the sin. He ascended at the right hand of the father and he intercedes for us. If, if they don't get that, guys, in that their faith, they, they don't really they don't have the faith to believe that he is who he says he is. That's the test. And then the second part of that is beautiful because he said he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I love it that our God loves to give us rewards. Amen. And it's better than another marshmallow. I was thinking about what are the rewards that he gives us. So here's the deal, guys. We've got to pass the exam. He wants everyone in this room to pass the exam so we can get these rewards. Abraham passed the exam. And he was rewarded. And we're a product of Abraham. We're a product of Abraham. So what do the rewards look like? You know, a lot of people think the rewards are, are, are heaven, and that is the final great reward. I, I don't diss that at all. The reward, but I believe that the rewards come the day we give our life to Jesus. I believe he begins to pour into us. He begins to fill us, and he begins to show us things. And he, begins us, he gives us dreams and visions, and he fulfills those things in our life. He pours out his spirit on us, and we have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness. All those things are a part of, our, are part of the rewards that he gives us. And, and he wants to bless his children, but he wants us to walk in obedience. Sometimes he says, wait, hang on, hang on to the marshmallow. I've got something else coming. Sometimes he said, well, I know that temptation is great, but I'll, I'll give you a way out if you'll just trust me. Wait on the Lord. And I want to close with this, and I know. It, no, I don't want to close that. God's given you a test, and the test is a test of faith. And he wants us to mature and grow in our faith. So this morning, I want you to stand. I want to do a little bit of a different invitation this morning because I wanted to give us enough time to really tell you what's going on here because this is part of the maturing process. We don't have life groups just to have life groups. You understand? I mean, everybody, oh, I, we don't need life groups. Listen, if you want to grow and mature in your faith, you need to be a part of a life group.
I'm just going to lay it out there for you. You need to be a part. You need to connect to the body. Okay? So I'm going to encourage you this morning when this, when this closes, when we stop here, that you'll go to the fellowship hall. And on that whole wall, you can sign up for a life group. You can sign up for two if you want to, Monday night and Wednesday night. But we want you to get connected. Listen, if you think, I don't know why I just don't grow. I don't mind just stay a baby in Christ. Listen, but you, don't, you need to get connected to the body. I'm not demanding or commanding. The Bible says forsake not the assembling of yourselves to God, uh, together with God's people. I believe that includes life groups. I believe people have grown through life groups. I believe they've matured through life groups. So that's the first challenge for you this morning. Then the, the next challenge is this. The, the, the ladies are having a conference this week. Now, I want you to understand, we are not having Wednesday night service at all. We are, we are gearing toward this conference for the women this weekend. So our child children's workers, we're giving them Wednesday night off. Our youth workers, Wednesday night off. So if you come up here Wednesday, there won't be anything here. Okay? We are gearing because I believe that this is going to be a landmark time for our body. And I don't know who y'all have got to. You want to get your group? Okay. Go ahead and get your group up here. All those that are la- part of the, fan, uh, the, the walk of faith, the ladies, come on up and get on this. Yeah, stand. Come on up to the front. It's the team that has been organizing this and moving forward. Listen, ladies, I know you can, you can probably fill in your calendar with something else on Friday night and Saturday morning. I'm asking you, if you've not signed up for the women's conference, you need to be here for that. Eva, uh, Eva Dooley. Yeah, Eva Dooley. I want to say Hewley. Eva Dooley is going to be the speaker here. I think it's going to be phenomenal. I think it's going to be phenomenal. Not just because they've done so much preparation. Most of the prep- the best preparation they've done is in prayer. But I believe your life can be changed, ladies, if, you've, if you're struggling and you're growing in your faith. Because this is why we do church. We come together to celebrate and worship God together. But he wants us to grow. He wants us to grow. He doesn't want you to stay a baby. Okay? What do you, would you like to share? This is going to be very brief. Y'all, this is a beautiful team of women that God has assembled together to prepare, lovingly prepare this conference for you. And I want you to know that this conference, the Walk by Faith, is absolutely free and of no charge to you. Now, it did cost somebody something. It cost them finances. It cost a lot of work. There's a team that's been helping us cook in the kitchen, prayer teams that have gone on this. But I believe that whatever level of faith you're at, you can have the highest faith ever. We're going to move forward. Eva Dooley is a prophetess of the Lord. She has said she's a revivalist. And I said, Eva, we've already got a fire going, but come and stoke the fire. And so, y'all, it's going to be awesome. And we just want to encourage you to come. It is going to be so much fun. And uh, we're going to have dream interpretation. It's going to be a blast. And uh, we just encourage each and every woman to come. We don't need your name and address. We need your number if you're coming. If you haven't signed up on the list out there, some of the ladies will be out there. And we just need to know just for the amount of food. But we'll be having a breakfast and hors d'oeuvres and lunch. So it's going to be wonderful. And I'm the official taste tester. It's all good. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's good. Oh, here's the, here's the next thing. I want all of our, our ministry team to the front. This is Family Sunday. This is why I want to do this. I felt very strong to do this. If you, have, if you have said this is the church, this is the place that God's called you to, to, to become a member, to, to come and to be a part of this body, and we've never recognized you before, even though you may have filled out a card, uh, I want you to step out and come with your families to come and stand across the front. Ministry team, y'all can just kind of get to the side. 
All you that have joined and we've never recognized you as joining this morning, we want to recognize you this, this Sunday. So y'all come stand if you've joined this church. Now, here, the here, other part of that is, just stand right across here, Mike. Here, Matt, Rebecca. Yes. Come on, Hillary. I know you have another part of you, but he's not here, but so does Mike. So he's out of town. Okay. But we want to recognize you this morning. And here's the other thing I want to I encourage you to do. If God's called you to be a part of this church and you've been waiting and waiting and waiting for a sign or a dove to fly into your windshield or something and you've just been putting it off and God said this is where you need to plug in, I, I truly believe that this church is going to make a difference. It's already making a difference in the city. But I believe if you've been called to be here, and you know it. and You need to step out and come this morning. We like to welcome you to Freedom Fellowship. So if that's you, if you've never, if you've not officially said this is where God wants us to be, I want you to step out and come and stand across the front here. Okay. Come on. Wow. That's awesome. Come on. This, this place is, guys, there's the Sunday's coming. Well, you're going to have to get here early to get a seat because God is on the move here. God is on the move here. Yeah, come on. That's why I want to end early. Now, since I don't want to be embarrassed not knowing your names, I'm going to let you tell us your name. And if uh, your significant other is not here, go ahead and tell them who that, I- who that is and uh, if you have children or not. Hi, I'm Hillary Ludwig. My husband's out of town. He's giant. Um, he's in Pennsylvania. We do not have any children, but we're very blessed to be here. I'm Ron Murphy, and my significant other is kind of ill this morning. Uh, her name is Gracie, and we have uh, four children all together, and uh, we are blessed to be a part of this family. Thank y'all for accepting us. Uh, my name is Michael. Uh, my buddy's getting ready to go on a cruise, and I don't get to, g- and I don't get to go on the cruise. Um, but I have three children: Cayman, Hannah, and Hunter. And uh, I've known Harold since I bought a van from him years ago. So, thank you for letting me be here. I'm Matt Thomas, and this is my wife Rebecca. And we have three children: Emery, Sophia, and Michael. And we are very fortunate to be here. I'm Jerry Krauser. This is my wife, Jan. Um, there's a long story, and one of these days we'll get with Pastor and be able to share a, a testimony of marriage restoration. Um, we, uh, we've we been gone to San Antonio, and, and God brought us back here. So uh, we'll get involved here. Praise God. I'm Deborah. I'm from Fort Worth. I've got two kids, six grandkids, fixing to be a great grandmother, and Chris brought us to this church today. Um, I'm Chris. Um, I've been coming to this church for four weeks. It's awesome. I volunteer at the food pantry. I bring beautiful souls to church because it's awesome. And I got three kids back in El Paso, so I just love the Lord a lot. Oh, before this week? Well, actually, I was living in the park down the street. 
So, and now the Lord blessed me with an apartment. It's awesome. I am, I am awesome. I'm Laura, and I have five children. I'm Laurie Tanner. My husband's Gary. I've come to this church for a while, and I've never joined, but I know this is where I'm supposed to be. I have two children, Brandon and Shauna. My daughter's back there with her family. They're military, Air Force, and they're from Vegas, so they're here for another week or so. My name's Rita Guthrie, and I have three grown daughters, and they have families. I, two of the daughters are here with me today, um, Angie and Matt, my son-in-law. I have been coming to church here also. We've been coming in a couple of months, and my daughter Cheryl's visiting, and I have three grandchildren here today. So, um, yes, I, I know that this is where God wants me to be. This is this is awesome. This is my first cousin, and we have uh, we're kind of the same. Her dad and my dad were brothers, and uh, her parents were some of the most awesome people. They're they're with Jesus now, but they they just what a testimony your parents were. And uh, love you. Hi, my name is uh, Terrence Norris. Uh, I, I've been looking for a church for for, for a few weeks now. Um, and then I, somebody had told me about this one, probably about, I don't know, I'd say at least three weeks, because I've been coming here for about three weeks, this is my third week here. And then, uh, so, you know, I've just been looking to, to plug in somewhere, somewhere I can grow. And like, uh, even this morning, Pastor Harold was able to answer some questions for me. So I'm just looking to grow, and I, I feel like this is a good place for me to be. Amen. Amen. Good morning, I'm Sandy. Um, I have a husband. He's out there somewhere. Y'all need to start praying for him so he can join me. <laughs> I've been coming for a few months. Um, I love it. This is where the Lord's brought me. Thank you. And got baptized last week. <laughs> okay, this is what I want the, uh, the ministry team. If you, have, if you have not filled out the form, the card that says where you want to join, they want to, I would like you to go to the fellowship hall. Y'all just head out to the fellowship hall so we can get a record of that and get your email and so we can get it you plugged in. 